All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, very fun episode for you today. Today we are talking about finding joy in what you do. Are you a refractionist? Do you just throw soft contact lenses on eyes and get them out of the chair? Or are you something more? I want you to be something more. Listen, find out how. A little office talk, closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Optometry, the ultimate OD podcast, building better doctors one episode at a time. Here's your host, optometrist and practice owner, Dr. Nick Lilly. All right, my friends, the ultimate OD podcast. The year is winding down and we've had an amazing, amazing run this year. Email me, let me know what was the best thing you did in 2022. And I want to know your goals for 2023. We're doing big things here. Uh, I know all you other Ultimate ODs out there are just kicking butt, taking names, but I want to hear about it. We want to share these stories with each other. So spread the word, like us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, send me an email at drlily at theultimateod.com. But today we are talking about enjoyment, okay? It's been a long year. A lot of times we go up and down, we're on the roller coaster as we go through the, you know, just the season that we go through. Uh, beginning of the year, very busy, hit a high, you'll have lulls through the summer months and then back to school picks up, steady and then busy at the end of the year, right? That can be stressful and there's times when you're like, what am I doing? Who am I dealing with? And there's other times, probably the majority of the times, where you're like, this is awesome, I love it, I want to do more of this, okay? So the beauty of optometry is we can cater it to what we want it to be. We can be primary care, we can be disease, contact lens, dry eye, you name it, we can do it. But the problem that we fall into is we don't always do what we enjoy. We do what we think we're supposed to do. Okay? So, A, someone says, I need to have a million dollar practice. I'm going to just keep working until I get that million dollar practice. Whereas if you run a really efficient $800,000 practice, you can maybe make more. Okay. Do you grow for the sake of growth? Who are you trying to please? And is it yourself? So let's take a step back and I guarantee there's someone out there doing what you want to do. Okay. You see it, they're doing it. And then you're like, I want that. It gives you juice. It gives you motivation. I see one of my mentors, Martin Carroll in Cheyenne, and I love what he's doing. I love what he's built. But at the same time, I don't know if that's what I want. It's a, He has a huge multi-doctor practice, but there's other doctors that I'm looking out there are Carly Rose right now, um, Melissa Denton. Um, they're doing some of this dry eye center of excellence stuff, and it's really motivating. Um, forget the name of the doctor, but the guy in Indiana, Indiana Indianapolis, uh, Damon Durker. He's doing a lot of stuff. That's fun. And I also see people that are publishing People in academia that are, are giving lectures that are very well known. Dr. Perryman, the dry eye doctor, dry eye coach. Just cool stuff. I love it when they're cutting edge. I love it when they're like an expert. I want to be more than that. And that's kind of what motivates me. What do you see out there? What's motivating you? Like you go to any lectures and you're like, that sounds awesome. I love a great lecture. Whenever I'm at uh, Vision X West, Academy, AOA, if I get a good lecture, I'm like, that's awesome. How do I do what they do? 
So I want you to sit back, take a look around the, the landscape, and find someone that is doing what you want to do, okay? Not saying that you're not there already, but there's someone that's better. I guarantee there is. Find them, see how they're doing it, and try to match that, right? Give yourself motivation. So what I'm going to do in this this episode, my focus is to help you find that, that something, right? You're doing your everyday, day-to-day, you're chasing numbers most likely, right? Hey, I did this much revenue, I want to do this much next year. We have a lot of revenue goals. I want us to do what we enjoy. So number one, what do you like to read about? What do you like to learn about? I enjoyed uh, learning scleral lenses, okay? But honestly, any article that I would read or any lecture that I would go to, either it was not really entertaining or way too academic, way too almost like engineering. We're talking about little variations of angles, putting a notch in here, a notch there, different fit sets. And it was hard for me to get motivated. Okay. The doctors that were talking about it have very unique settings where they get to see all these crazy unique patients in primary care setting that I'm in. I was not seeing that. You know, I'll see some with keratoconus or uh, high sill, but I wasn't seeing all these, you know, unique environments where they're sending sending me patients. So it was a lot harder to get ex- get in depth with it. Okay, so that really didn't make me excited to further uh, to go any further with that. I still do it in the office. It's a, it's a good thing, and I love the effect that it has. But to get get really deep with it, to make it your thing. It was hard to do. Okay. Now the next thing is like ocular disease. Really enjoy reading about ocular disease. I like knowing about it. But when I first started, I didn't have a OCT. I didn't have a visual field. So that kind of set me back a little bit, right? I I probably did myself a disservice when I started off because I didn't have it. So I got in the habit of referring it out. Okay. When I referred it out, I'm like, oh, anytime I saw it. I'm just going to refer that out. I didn't need to get in depth with it. I didn't read about it. I didn't engulf myself in it. Now, since I've got those machines and I, the OCT, the visual field, uh, topographers, I can do advanced testing and it gives me more motivation, right? So you got to look at these things. What do you enjoy and what can you do? All right. If you can't do it, there's only so much theory that we can read about and it gives us juice. We want to actually, we're, we're doers, right? If you have your own private practice, you want to get out there and you want to get your hands dirty. Okay. That's why I think we love reading about business. You like hearing business podcasts. That's one of the appeals probably to this podcast here is we're talking about ways to make your practice better. Okay. Not clinical stuff, not, um, you know, nuanced things that, you know, you read about, but you're never going to see. These are applicable things that you can do on a day-to-day basis. Now, like I said, after you get, you know, what in, what intrigues you, what you enjoy reading about, the logical next step is, can you do it, right? If you can't get your hands dirty, if you can't do it, you're not going to go that much further with it because it's in, your, in one ear, out the other. We learn by doing, we learn by teaching. But the best way for me to get better at ocular disease is seeing more ocular disease, managing it, seeing how they react, then looking at the literature and applying what I've learned in practice and then what I've seen in the literature and combining it. Okay, so you have to make sure you're seeing it. Now, this does not mean 
that you have to see it now. You can create this niche. When we talk about building our practices, one of the avenues we get there is managed care, right? I take every single insurance and I do that because all those insurances give me exposure to a lot more patients. The more patients I see, the more I can cover out my niche, the more keratoconus patients I'm going to see, the more high cell patients, the more vision therapy patients, you name what you enjoy. Managed care is the avenue that allows you to get there. So see what we're doing right now is we're taking what we've been given and we're making it into what we enjoy. Okay. This is the evolution that you can start doing in your practices right now. The mistake that you make is you get in the habit of chasing numbers, chasing volume, and you're a turn and burn. You're a fractionist. You're, uh, yeah, you do multifocal contacts or a lot of soft contacts, daily lenses, but you don't get into the things that intrigued you when you were in school, the things that you like to read about, the things you like to study. How many of you are reading about the latest soft contact lenses or the latest refraction that you can do, right? Those technologies really aren't changing that much. Yeah, we could get a new contact lens that is a little bit better for um, a dry eye patient or this or that. But at the end of the day, it's a soft contact, right? It's not rocket science to fit. It's not that nuanced. It doesn't give you motivation. It doesn't give you joy. You need to do more than just the day-to-day. So get them in your office and see what you're seeing. Now, I thought for a second there that vision therapy was going to be something I'd really enjoy. And not really vision therapy. It was more sports vision. But again, they go hand in hand, right? But I like athletes. I former athlete. Sports vision is the way to go. Well, as I'm going through and looking at it, I had a couple of patients that would come in and uh, athletes, they parents would pay all the money to get them into uh, like basketball or they'd travel baseball. And as I got talking to them, I realized that when you do this stuff, you're dealing with those parents a lot as well. And that's a huge turnoff. And then you look at the kids and do they love it? Or is this the parents trying to get them a scholarship? It just didn't motivate me to work with that population. Again, does it bring you joy? Okay, you have to like who you're working with, who you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. A thing about, you know, Mac 30 generation uh, patients is that you're never going to make them better. I can't tell you how many times a macular degeneration patient will come in and they're like, all right, give me some new glasses. You can't just give me more power. And they're so frustrated that the glasses won't fix them. I don't care how many times I talk to them about the macula being damaged. They don't understand. They just want to see better and they can't give that to them. So Although I manage it and I like managing ocular disease, that's one of the frustrating parts of my day. And eventually it progresses. They lose vision. It's not the greatest environment at times. And again, I'll, I'll refer them out when they need to get injections or advanced therapies. But those patients, you're never going to really make happy. Okay, That's something I really consider when I'm working with them. Now, a scleral lens patient, I really do enjoy that because you give them vision and you've opened up their whole world. The problem with that is I just don't see it enough, right? So it's hard to really get really in-depth to be an expert in it when you only see one or two a month, okay? Now, another test that I like to do, and this is to the detriment of my wife, okay? I always see if I really like to talk about it. So I'll read a topic, I'll read a journal article, 
read an article on optometric management or review of optometry, and then I'll bring it up to my wife. And she knows nothing about the eyes, has no clue what's going on, and she'll ask her a question. And when I am speaking with her, if I can explain it to her and she understands or she gets excited and it makes sense, I'm like, I'm onto something because she represents my patient population. If I'm trying to explain something to her and she's like, I don't get it, or what do you mean, or it's just, it's a frustrating endeavor. It usually is a reason for me to say, nope, not worth my time and effort. I'm not going to go down that path. So, so one of the new things that I've really been pursuing is uh, developing the dry eye center of excellence, a, a dry eye center, right? And with that comes managing the ocular surface. That includes talking about cosmetics, lid hygiene is huge, tea tree oil cleansers, hypochlorous acid sprays, warm compresses, different ways to do these things. She has dry eye, pretty severe, a lot of my booming gland dropout. So when I'm talking about her, she's an engaged patient. It's really fun to have that conversation. Then we get into the uh, advanced treatments, talking about IPL, what it does, pros, cons, low-level light therapy, and she's like in. Like This is interesting to her. I'm like, okay, this is something that has a little bit of legs. She can kind of see the vision. So I started talking about it with my staff, and lo and behold, oh, they're in, they're engaged. They like it. That gives me juice. From there, I talk to the patients about it. And again, I'm hitting on all cylinders. They like it. They're actually buying these therapies. They're seeing results. It's awesome to see it work. And then I read about it. I learn more. I can apply it to my patients. I can give better explanations. It's just a perpetual cycle that keeps me motivated and really allows me to enjoy my work outside of my day-to-day refractions, my day-to-day primary care. So again, find someone in your life that has no idea about the eye. Try to engage them in conversations about things that you think you're interested in. See how that conversation goes. If you enjoy the conversation, you found something that you might want to explore a little bit more. Okay, I mentioned this here, but the the very next thing is you have to have staff buy-in, right? If your staff does not like what you're trying to bring in, you're not going to succeed. I don't care what you say, how motivated you are, we do not like to rock the boat. We have enough trouble trying to have a personal life, trying to run a business. Add on managing staff and have them not really being engaged in what you want to do, that's never going to work. I don't care how enthusiastic you are, if you then pass it off to the staff, they're going to do one of two things. Either they're not going to do it the way you want, and you're going to constantly be frustrated with them, or two, you're going to see them not do it the way you want, so you invariably do it yourself, and know what you do, burn yourself out, and you hate what you're doing. So you have to find the right culture in your office. You have to hire the people that embrace that culture, and then you have to be consistent and continuous and living what you say, okay? If you're constantly flip-flopping, hey, we're dry eye today, we're scleral lenses tomorrow, we're vision therapy the next day, myopia management is the new thing, they're just going to shake their head at you and wait till you switch again, right? But if you come in, you have consistent messaging, everything you do aligns with what you're saying, they will buy in. They start seeing results from patients, they will buy in. Now, this speaks... To the culture that you've created. If you're always staying cutting edge, you always want to be getting better, that you're pushing your staff, this will work. If you have a legacy staff that have been doing it the same way for the, you know, for as long as 
time's been going on, you're never going to get them to change, right? And that's a you thing. You've created that culture. You're going to have a heck of a time fixing it. Now, you can, but it's going to take a lot longer because you're going to have to get rid of the old, bring in new. Every time you hire someone new, they have to embrace the new culture, and you have to ingrain it in them from day one. And it's going to be a shifting process at that point because half your staff at one point will be in, the other half will be out. It could be a feuding thing. So it's a really hard thing to do if you have legacy. So make sure whatever you do right now, start instilling the culture of the type of office you want, the things you want to do, and make sure your staff's on board. And that, that just kind of leads me to my last thing. We are blessed with, an, with a profession that we can do anything and everything. We are are also cursed with a profession that we can do anything and everything. Most doctors I talk to, most you know, students, we get about a inch deep and a mile wide. We like everything. We want to do this, this, and this, and we never really establish ourselves as uh, expert. We never establish that niche because the moment it gets hard, we kind of quit. We just say, hey, it's too much. It's never going to work with what I do. My patient population won't do it. Well, that's the thing. They will. You just have to have a better plan. You have to do what I said at the beginning. Find someone that's doing what you're doing and don't think that they're different from you. All right? They're showing you the roadmap. They're doing it. Are you willing to adapt and do the things that they that make you uncomfortable? All right? Don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. Okay, so never stop looking, never stop pursuing. You're going to have step backs. Okay, it's going to happen. Staff is going to be the biggest one. It's going to be really hard to get them on board, but you can do it. You just have to be consistent, persistent, and keep pushing forward. Okay, show them why it matters. They don't care if you don't care. All right, give them a reason to care about what you're showing them, what you're bringing to the office. Show them how it benefits them. Okay. And then just realize that if you follow through, if you create this, you will be the exception. Why do most optometry offices all look the same? Because we are a commodity. When we hit a wall, we tend to quit. All right. If you really want to enjoy what you're doing, follow these steps. Look for someone that's doing it. Find out what you enjoy reading about, what you enjoy studying. What do you see in your office? Okay. Do you enjoy talking about it? Can you explain it to the average person? Are you motivated to get staff to buy in? Will your staff buy in? And at the end of the day, keep pushing forward. Don't quit. You'll be better than the rest. You're not going to be commodity. You're going to enjoy what you do every single day. You go to work. That's what I have for you. We'll have more for you next week. All right, my friends, a little office talk. So as I've been talking about, we're growing the Dry Eye Center of Excellence. I'm not going to call it that. I don't know what the alternative is, Dry Eye Center of Average. Uh, But we're calling the FEO Dry Eye Center. I'm working with a marketing team, my marketing people, and we're going to be doing a market analysis. We're going to be looking at what's working, revamping our website, revamping our internal website. POP, our internal marketing, and then rebranding addition to what we're doing because this is a completely different market than what my primary care office is. I don't want to stop doing primary care, but 
I want to have something unique and different that's speaking to a different avatar. We talked about that in the past episodes. If you're curious about what an avatar is, listen to those episodes. You will learn how to make yourself that much better. But that being said, having a lot of fun talking to patients about it. What I've been doing is I'm seeing patients in primary care. I'm seeing issues, giving them some at-home therapies, and then I'm seeing them back in about, you know, four to eight weeks. Why four to eight weeks, you ask? Well, it takes time for those therapies to work. If they get on omega-3, that'll take about eight to 12 weeks to take full effect. So I want to see if the at-home therapy is working. Also, I want to give them a chance to see what they can actually do. You get a lot of people that are very gung-ho the first week or two, and then they regress to the mean, and they don't end up doing it. All right, when they come back in, then I can really give an honest assessment of if it's working, how are they feeling, and what we need to do next. So just just cool to see. And they are buying in. Like when I talk to patients about uh, cosmetics, how they're removing makeup, how they're applying makeup, good habits and tricks, they look at me like, this is awesome. Thank you for the information. Why? Why haven't? Why has no one ever talked to me about this before? Like, it obviously makes sense. This is the eye. This is my eye health. It's causing these issues, but I've never had this conversation. So that's nice. They're the follow-ups. They're coming back. They're having results. One of the things I'll say that I've been doing a lot of is when I do my dry eye evaluations, uh, fluorescein and lysamine green. Lid wiper epitheliopathy is more prevalent than you have ever thought. And when you see it, I'm just like, can it be in every single one of my patients? So many, I'd probably say about 90% of my dry eye follow-ups have it. You know, those those lids are lighting up with lysamine, and then you talk about the symptoms that they're having. Makes complete sense. We do a little bit of therapy, try to get the inflammation down, and they're coming back saying they feel a huge difference. Awesome, right? So moral of the story is, this is me living what I talked about this entire episode. I've found what I like to talk about. I find what I like to read about. I'm applying it and seeing it in my office. And it's given me a new sense of purpose, a new sense of joy. This can be you guys. So do what we talked about in the rundown. This is an example of me showing you it works. I want to hear how it is in 2023, what you guys are doing, how it's working. We can all get better. So tune in. I'll have more... uh, More fun stuff for you next week. Where, oh, where has the time gone? We're to the closing thought of the episode. And today I have for you advice for you as a office practice manager or you as the office CEO. Three areas that you need to consider. One, doing. Number two, deciding. Three, delegating. Now, doing makes sense. You know what that is. You're in there, you're doing it, you're seeing patients, you're doing stuff, right? Deciding, what does that mean? That's where you give someone a task and if there's an issue, they come back to you and you decide what to do. Now, delegation is what we want to do, all right? What's the difference between deciding and delegating? Well, I just told you right there, when you decide, you assign someone a task, okay? So you give them a task, they come back when they have questions. At the end of the day, you're like, man, it's easier if I just do this myself because all you do is come with questions. Well, delegation is the step above deciding. Delegation is assigning an outcome. 
Okay? You assign an outcome and they find a way to get it done. Right? This will free you up. This is freedom. This is how you create the office that you want. This is how you become the CEO. It'll work on your office rather than in it because you've delegated what needs to be done. So that's what I'll leave you with. Make sure you're not just deciding things. You are delegating. Delegation equals freedom. That's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode and hope that you found a pearl to apply to your practice. We believe as a community, there is much wisdom to be shared. So if you have questions, suggestions, or requests, we want to know. Feel free to reach out to us via social media and leave a comment or email us at theultimateodpodcast at gmail.com so we can make this podcast even better for you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review, and we'll catch you again next week.